Thank you. Now you can talk. <laughs> I'm asking if everyone would be willing to just take a deep breath, locate your energetic center. If you take that energetic center, use your intention and bring it to your physical center. So you've got your physical center is occupied by your energetic center. Like it's, it's at home there. Just let it settle in. Let your energetic center settle into your physical center. Take another deep breath and then click your clicker and make a grounding cord from your energetic center to the middle of the earth. About five centimeters, a couple inches in diameter. It's flexible. goes all the way to the center of the earth, and it's your grounding cord, your personal grounding cord. And as you make it with this clicker like that, and you look at it, it'll have a color. So at the count of three, just say out loud what the, what the color of your grounding cord is. One, two, three. No. Super, and then click your clicker one more time and make your personal bubble of space. It's your personal bubble of space. Inside is your culture, your space, your, your place, and outside is everybody else's culture. And that, this is a very powerful way to make a place for yourself in the world, which is not easy to do in the ordinary sense of things because the world is fairly well occupied with demands and expectations and necessities and projections and all these stuff that occupies your life. And if you don't have your own personal bubble of space, then that will just, it will just crush right onto you. And there's, there's like no room for you. In, in the world. And so what you do is you just, it triggers all kinds of adaptive survival strategies. How do you survive here? How can you get around this? How do you not show up here so that you can try to have some time for yourself or some attention left over for yourself? Like all of that. So you have your center, your grounding cord, and your bubble. This is the beginning of first position. You can do this when you just, before you even put your feet on the ground in the morning. You swing out of bed, center grounding cord bubble, you walk into a different world that's not such an enemy. It's not such a, of a demanding force because you have place for yourself to walk through the world in. And then you can breathe better and makes more makes more place for you in the world. So thank you for doing that as we get started in our study group here tonight. Does anyone have something that uh, burning that they want to say? Anybody need to say anything? Well, I I will throw in for the people listening to the recording that um, Clinton's latest book, No Reason, is out, <laughs> and so I will post the link in. Um, the yeah the comments or whatever the thing underneath and you can buy it there. I have a great time Thank with you. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's relatively burning. Anybody else? Anything? 
I mean, Ana Maria, you're, you look kind of nervous because you're jiggling around all the time. I mean, are you on an airplane or what are you oh, on a train? I bet you're on a train. Yes, yes, it's a train. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was we reflecting will... that my my past meetings all have been me traveling and now actually being in the train. It's this study group. It just keeps me in this space of moving, moving, moving. I'm yeah, <laughs> curious. What is it about? <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to try to not focus on you because then I just start getting seasick, I think. <laughs> Should I turn off the video? No, 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 no. No, it's an exercise for me. If you see me barfing, it's just, you know, it's just because I was not paying attention. Cool. And uh, Yaksa, hey, we can see you for a while. Hello. Nice to see you. Yeah, great to see you too. Where are you? Where are you calling from? I'm in the uh, Polish mountains here, very close to the German border. Yeah. Oh. In the village. Yeah. Oh wow! Thank you. Nice to see you. And and Victor, which Victor are you? I'm Victor from Germany, Mönchengladbach. This is an experiment for me. My English is not so good. I have to learn English and I have to learn possible ma management. And then with you, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Great. What a super combination. That is a fantastic <laughs> combination. <laughs> Thank you for, for doing your experiment. Welcome. Welcome here. And Tor, you came back, man. What did you come? You came back. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, very uh, curious. Uh, the bits and bobs that I've been learning are keep me uh, interested and curious, and I'm very excited to be here with you all. All right. All right. Anybody else need to say anything? Because we're going to dive right in here. We've got some juicy stuff to get into today. So. Where we are is on page 212 on experiment uh, 15. Experiment 15, which is, amazingly enough, these are the 27 experiments for creating extraordinary relating. And amazingly enough, this experiment relates to what we were just talking about, which is unstress yourself. I'd like to read this first, and then I'd like to start checking in about all the ways that you have worked out to stress yourself out, to cause stress for yourself. Ways because, so this is an experiment to unstress yourself. Arranging to be stressed out is a box survival strategies are psycho-emotional uh, structures, survival strategy for avoiding intimacy. So it's a strategy for avoiding intimacy. And it is modern culture's principal distraction from authenticity and presence. So being stressed out is modern culture strategy to keep you from being authentic and present. So here is how to unstress yourself. Get enough sleep. 
take naps, drink enough water, not just coffee, tea, soda, alcohol, you know, water, take a warm bath. How many people have had a warm bath in the last month? Not enough. Not enough. (laughs) (laughs) Eat well. This is not about eating a lot. And it's also not about eating like a bird, kind of fasting all the time, just nibbling here and there. It's about eating well. You know, you have a physical body and runs on energetic. Your energetic body needs physical food. So especially doing the kind of work that you do in your life, you need you need this substance to go through, to keep going through. And so it's just about eating well. Avoid overstimulating yourself. So it's so easy these days using modern media and stuff to over overstimulate your mind. So if you overstimulate your mind, it collects your, your all your kind of energy and your attention into your mind, and the other bodies kind of uh, get lose their energy. And I, I think you can feel that. So it's about managing your energy. Exercise, stay healthy, do not catch colds. Okay, what a weird thing to say, isn't it? Don't catch a cold. Okay. How can I possibly say that? Because we think that colds are these like forms of nature. You know, there's like viruses and bacteria and stuff is around. And, and of course, we have to have a cold. Every winter, we have a cold. Every spring, we have a cold. Every time we visit somebody else who has a cold, we get their cold. And a lot of this, a lot of this happens through uh, as weird as it sounds, as a way to escape something, a way to avoid responsibility, a way to avoid contact, a a way to avoid relating, a a way to have other people take care of you, to have a really good excuse. And it's like, okay, okay. You know, it's not a nice thing to say because we think that to catch a cold, especially with, you know, wearing your mask and all these things around to avoid, you know, other people's germs, we're thinking that to catch a cold, if we catch a cold, it's, it is you know, Mother Nature doing her work on us. But in fact, there's ways that you can just change your mind about catching colds. I'll, I'll just say one way to do that, and that is to become the most radiant being in the space. <laughs> I did not expect that comment to elicit laughter, but seeing who's laughing, I would demand an excuse, a reason. Go ahead. Even though I wrote a book called No Reason, I want a reason. What are you laughing about? I just like the image of radiating away whatever wants to come inside my bubble. All right. Why Why did both of you laugh? And I laugh because it's it's like this. Uh, my English is not so good, but it's like really this. Um, this easy to be if we really radiant that we we stay healthy. It's like wow, wow, what easy! It's not easy to be really all the time radiant, yeah. But it's so well. What's the problem with it? it? I mean, is it easier to be 
dead a dead doormat, like a, a washcloth, a bashlepa, what do you call those things? Is, it, is that easier? It's maybe it's more it's more used. It's more it's more it's more like familiar. coming to the world, it's like more we are used to be this. And here here's our first experiment. So your experiment is once a day for three minutes for the next week. Once a day for three minutes for the next week is, is, is to walk around for three minutes as uh, a diseased, crippled, victim-y, <laughs> burdened, bent over, you know, hunchback, like a hunch, and you've got all these worries, all this stress, you know, your mother, your father, the national debt, you know, the war, you know, and you're carrying all this around from your ancestors and from your past lives. And you walk around and kind of drag your feet around on the floor like a like the hunchback of Notre Dame or some mummy. You know, you walk like a mummy and do that for three minutes. Really do it the whole three minutes. And, and then... At the end of three minutes, just take one breath and switch into being a king or a queen. Walking, moving, moving your attention, and then walk consciously for the next three minutes, speaking as a king or queen in a fully respectful, uh, conscious king or queen, loving, you know, space-holding, powerful, clear, radiant being and do that for three minutes. So just do this once a day, three minutes as a hunchback, three minutes as a king or queen, and just start detecting then during the rest of the time in your day, which, where you tend to go to when nobody's looking. Can you be a king or queen when nobody's looking for no reason as a natural way of being rather than putting on a show? This is an experiment to take on this, to get the difference between those two characters. And it's not about being a character. It's not about trying to pretend as if you are some kind of king or queen all the time. What it's about is, is moving through space with a different relationship to what's going on around you. So does, the, does life own you or, or do you own life like that? Are your problems owning you or do you owning your problems? Are the people in, in, your, in your environment, do they demand, you know, are they demanding things from you or are you relating radically with them? It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's this opportunity to check up on who you're being when, when kind of you think nobody's looking. And it's a, it's, it's, um, you could easily discover some resistance to doing this little, little exercise, this experiment. You could find some resistance to, like, how do I deserve? How can I deserve to occupy noble space? How can, how can I deserve to occupy nobility? And, and dignity. Well, how could that be okay for me? 
My parents didn't do it. My teachers didn't do it. My brothers and sisters don't do it. It's, it's I almost never see respect, dignity, you know, presence in other human beings. Why is it okay for me to try that? And so you may have huge resistance. It could be huge fear, could be huge sadness. So, so as soon as the resistance comes up, write it down in your beat book, in the back of your beat book, as a, as a gateway to an emotional healing process. So remember that while we're in the study group here, anybody can ask for uh, the team to, to support them with an, an emotion, somebody in the team to provide and hold space for an emotional healing process. But I'm saying during this experiment of being this troll thing, this bent over hunchback, burdened, weary person, and that posture exaggerated a little bit. Put it in your voice, like have no energy, really do it for three whole minutes, and then switch over to being tapped into unlimited resources, like infinite resources, tapped into those as if they're your home, that that was, there's an infinite amount of intelligence and energy and clarity and generosity and compassion and wisdom and insight and possibility and all those things. So, and then when, when you find the resistance that you have for this, please, please, please do the emotional healing process. And I'm not trying to promote a right way of being. That's not what this is about. What this is about is about, is about put, getting your center back from the limitations that would block you from your natural state of dignity and nobility. Your centered, powered, grounded, present state. We have resistance to that. And find out what those are. This is emotional, emotional healing process stuff. So what I what this started off with is do not catch a cold. Well, an ordinary person, you know, is a victim of colds. And you have to have colds because you're a human being. Well, there's this there's this great song that it's kind of an old song I've been listening to lately, and it has this question. Are we human or are we dancers? Anybody know that song? Are we human or are we dancers? Okay. So how are you answering that question? And the proposal, the experiment here is, you, you, the experiment is to answer it both ways. First answer it like, first answer it like a, like a human. I'm a you know, human answer, yes. You're confusing yourself, Sir Johannes, from Noelm. You are confusing yourself when you say stuff like that. So try to, your confusion will not work in this space. But try to not confuse yourself like that. There's a distinction being made. And you're, you're for one, whatever reason, you're trying to mess it up. So the thing is, you get to you get the experiment that we talked about is actually getting to explore both dimensions separately, distinctly, and then uh, you know just consider the question now and again in, in your day. So the thing about catching colds is a cold is here. How many people have had the experience experience of catching a cold in three minutes? Anybody, anybody ever have that? You're kind of basically perfectly healthy. And then all of a sudden you just start sneezing and coughing. And three minutes later, you have this fever and headache. How many people? 
I never asked this question before, so I'm just really fascinated to find out. So it's at least half. It looks like at least half of the people. This is amazing. It's happened a few times in my life, but it's so it's like you if you, you can move into a cold that fast. So possibly you could have gone around it. You get that? If you start paying attention to where a cold is or what a cold is, you can you can avoid it. You can just dance around it. And so that's what the suggestion is, is do not catch colds. It, it means it, it can also be don't submit yourself to the tirades of a tyrant. You, you know what I'm talking about? You know who the tyrants are. And if, if you stand in front of them, they, they do their tyrant thing on top of you. Or they blame you or they resent you or they victimize you or, you know, this, they play victim to you. You know, you're hurting me. Blah, blah, blah. So there's, you don't have to walk into that storm. You can just go around it. There's ways to just walk around it. And it isn't about running away. It's about, hey, I have other things to do. I'm, I'm involved in other things. So it's not, it's not like being weak or being uh, running away from quote unquote reality. It's staying on, on your path staying on track, not getting knocked off course. So that's part of the do not catch cold is if there's a cold in front of you, you know, keep your energetic body spinning, walk around it. It's a, it's a really powerful things to practice. So the rest of this experiment 15 says renegotiate overwork and overwhelm. So most of this does not have to do with renegotiating it with anyone else. It doesn't have to do with, it can, but it's mostly renegotiating it with yourself. Like how much are you really doing that's uh, overworking yourself? And why? And can you catch yourself? And if you think you have to, where does that come from? Where's the rule? And Chloe was, has been doing, I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but she's been doing this exploration with discovering the rules behind this kind of stuff. Like, so what is the rule that says you have to overwork? What is the rule that says you have to be in overwhelm? Where did that rule come from? It's very powerful stuff to find that and reconsider it. I, I just want to say that this, mostly Vera actually has been doing the research and she made a star so one of the latest star, which is what is wrong? I think it's about navigating back to this rule that the idea is either you've created it for yourself or you've taken it in on from somebody else. If somebody had a rule and you just copied them and that's the, it's like the design of the boundaries. I would guess, I mean, that's more what I'm adding. It's more like the boundaries of what, it is allowed to behave in a certain way. And if you would, if somebody would make a proposal to behave in a different way, or you, you, you know, in a way it's like that you've made a mistake, that you weren't perfect. Like if somebody makes a proposal that you weren't right or you weren't perfect, or there's another way to do this, it completely, you hit that rule and that creates this stress, this overwhelm, this overwhelm. I've, I'm failing. I'm, and I can't, I don't know how to survive 
when I'm breaking this rule, when I'm not being my rule about being perfect or right or um, whatever, invisible or safe or I, whatever the rule is. So let's make this the next experiment, mm -hmm. which is to use your self-observation, use your noticing for the next couple of weeks is to notice what your rules are. Like you have different can behaviors. I, I have to, yeah, go ahead. Can I just start? I think it really starts by you. I think it's really hard to notice the rule first, but what you will notice is this sensation of being wrong or failing. Like failing this, like this stress sensation of having done something wrong. So I just wanted to start with that. Yeah, and then okay, and then and then <laughs> the idea is so the the the, the proposal so is when you ever this... have that. Did anybody ever feel like you were being wrong? You were wrong, or yeah, okay, All right. So they're good. That's what you remember. Okay, it's a trigger. Use that as a as a reminding factor. As the alarm. So that's the self observation part. Is this is an alarm? It's not something to believe. And so the alarm part makes that there's a gap between you and this sensation of I'm wrong. If you use it as an alarm instead of it is really happening or I am really wrong or I will really die or I cannot handle this. And, and, and so when you have this gap, you, you, the question is, what am I doing wrong? And you follow it back to a rule that would sound like I cannot, I must not, I I'm not allowed. It is not uh, permissible. I will be punished. Mm. If, yeah, if and then I write do. down the rules. And write, write down, down these rules. And how many, like, you you were talking, people were finding 30, 40, 50 rules. I mean, yeah, I somebody just wrote to me, and he, and, and he said, when I, so I proposed this experiment to somebody, and 10 minutes later, he said, I've already done it, and he had found something like around 15 in about five minutes. So, yes, yeah, so this so this each one of those rules that you are subject to that you you sub, you subvert your life to the rule, then it, you're subverting your aliveness or your possibility or your ability to be present or the ability to have free attention because your attention is constricted and the possibilities are constricted by the rule. And so it's so valuable simply to capture your rules into your beat book and go, holy smokes, this is a this is a huge prison. It's like a tactile uh, jungle gym, like a, this, this construct. You're inside of a rule construct. And mostly we don't even think about it. Mostly we have not even noticed this. And we just thought, well, of course, you know, these are the rules. These are, this is how it goes. I have to be this way. It's how I have survived. And it, this is how it works out there. You know, I have to be like that. It's just so important to get to, because every single one of those rules is causing stress for you. You get this? Every rule is causing stress for you. Because you've got to conform to the rule or else, or else something. And it's great if you have the rule, if you can write down also with the rule, what happens to you if you break that rule? What would happen to you? You know, I, I lose connection. I have to pay back. Uh, people hate me. 
whatever the rule is, I'm, I'm, they give me a name, they're cl I'm classified as something negative. And so write down the rule and what the punishment is to break it. And it can be really stuff like, I will go to hell, right? To that degree of punishment in terms of the rule. And, and just, I want to share that it seems, or at least in this person I was doing the experiment with, that there's this, this whole rule bound construct comes from the place of, if I don't have all these rules, I will be out of control. And my basically my gremlin will take over my life and I will have a, an evil, I will be evil. I mean, something like that. I will be evil if I don't have all these ways to manage myself. And, in, and then the, the ways to manage yourself become unconscious. And what it looks like to me, it's like this maze that, you, you know, you want to sort of, or your being wants to express itself. You, you want to say what you want. You want to make a boundary. You want to create something. I don't, whatever, there's this impulse from your being. And then these, all these rules that you, is going to hit the rule and it's going to hit that rule and it's going to hit that rule. It's like, no, you can't go there. No, you can't go there. No, you cannot go there and not there either. And, and there's a way that you might try to express yourself, but it's like you, you bending and twisting yourself and the thing that's coming out has it's so far away from the initial impulse like the initial communication and it, it, it and that's the stress it's the bending and the twisting and the uh, trying to have something come out in the in the midst of of all these obstacles yeah well trying to relate yeah. trying to relate you know from from your labyrinth you know, to somebody else's labyrinth. And it's almost like nothing can come out of either one. And you're, you're perfectly describing what happened to me the last two days. Because I catched I catched a flu. It's not that severe, but it's it's bounds me to bed. I have fever and then muscle ache starts. And I have one of these rules, don't take any pills if not really necessary. And and this muscle ache, I think it's not just of the flu. The flu might be just the, the trigger for it. But I had a, a um, backbone surgery 10 years ago. And it's together with this. And now I was breaking my rule by just taking an, uh, what is it here, um, ibuprofen uh, pill. And, you know, you can take up to whatever, 2,000 milligrams a day uh, without really being, uh, yes, yeah, not long time. It turns out that I used the minimal doses of 200 milligrams only once or twice a day. And I get rid of this this severe muscle hurts that really made me what you said, Anchloe, twisting around in every with every step in while laying in the bed, while uh, standing up, sitting on the toilet, wherever I was twisting around, feeling not just uncomfortable but yes, I was I felt bound to this rule. And bound in this in in the consequences. Um, sorry, I just got a call. Um, 
So the point is, find out where the where the when you decided that this was a rule. That's once you have your list of your rule. Each one of those rules came from a, a moment, came from a commitment. It came from something that happened to you, and and you can find it. You just think about you know be in that rule state and go okay. Where did that come from? And it's not about judging it. And it's also not about trying to change it at this point. It's about, it's about being clearly perceiving what's really going on. And so that's what this experiment number two is, is really capturing the rules into your book. What are the consequences of breaking it? Where did this rule come from? Write those all down in your beat book. And it, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. And again, like I said, don't be surprised when it's necessary to do emotional healing processes. Just go ahead and do them. And, so there's one more. And I discover myself by replacing this one rule, never take a pill if not really necessary, by the next rule, take as few as possible. So yeah, the rule there's, one, there's one rule covering the next one. <laughs> and... And there was really a sensation. I was I was thinking, what is Uncle telling by sensation by breaking this rule? It was really a sensational effect to see. Okay, I really can get off this of this uh, tremendous hurting by breaking this rule. I'm not really. Yeah, sensation is. I, I wasn't jumping like wow, but it was really breaking this rule made me happy. So and this is only one of many, many, many rules. Mm. So keep going. The, the rest of this number 15, the last sentence is also, so you renegotiate overwork and overwhelm, which are, and then do not have accidents. Okay. You know, an accident, you cut your finger, you fall down the stairs, you drop a dish on the floor and it breaks, you are late for an appointment, you run out of gas on the road, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these things are accidents. And, you know, you drink your, you drink your, your tea and it's too hot and it burns your tongue. Like all these things are accidents. And you, um, The instructions for not is, is because the accidents are stressful. And it's like some people have what they think of like maybe too much energy. They have too much energy in their, in their life. And so how do you use up this energy is because it does not fit in with all those rules. You have to use up your energy. People have accidents. So they arrange to have an accident. It uses up their energy and also, you know, Uh, there's these side benefits, like somebody's going to nurture you, you have a really good excuse. And so there's ways to not have accidents, which is to get nurtured, to get over-nurtured, like to create spaces for yourself in your daily world where you get ongoingly, you know, in, in all your, in each of your five bodies, you're getting nurtured through intentional nurturing exchanges. So this is an additional experiment is work out how to have ongoing five body nurturing exchanges so that you can avoid being sick from a cold. So you can avoid being 
you know, having accidents. And this thing about being the most radiant being in this space, you know, if you try to do that with your own energy, it will seem exhausting. It will seem to burn you out or get into overwhelm. So how many people have had some kind of burnout or overwhelm before? Anybody ever feel that before? Okay. And so you, you remember how you set that up and you remember how important it is to avoid that stuff. Um, just, it's just about avoiding it. And so, so how do you avoid it? Well, one of the ways is to not be using your energy, to not be using your personal batteries up in order to be the most radiant being in this space. You're not burning your batteries. What you're doing is letting more of your infinite resources come through you more of your bright principles, more of your archetypal lineage, more of your, of your connection with mm, fundamental goodness, whatever you want to call it, like letting this come through you, like releasing the sphincter, the schleismussel, the sort of sphincter that's blocking the flow to come through you, like release, and so you actually allow more energy to go through you and use it, use it for being radiant. Great. This was experiment 15. So could, I'd like um, some, some more besides Johannes to tell about what, what, how are you stressing yourself out? Now we've explored what it means to express to stress yourself out a little bit. How, how have you been noticing that you've been stressing yourself out? Can some few of you share about that? I'm not sure what you mean by stress myself out. What does it mean? Will you just listen for a little while and let other people speak? And after they, a couple of people speak, you'll get it right away. Cause out means cutting the stress or leaving that stress moment. Notice how you cause stress for yourself. Okay. This is what this is what we're asking okay. people to share. Go ahead. Is this yes, Andrea? I note. Johannes. Johannes, time out for you, Tom, okay? Let some other people speak. Go ahead. Isabel. Isabel, hi. Hi. I stress myself by not saying what is important for me, not saying what I need. And so I'm not saying it and blocking it, and then it gets more and more and more and more, and I'm totally stressed after a time. And also, I'm stressing myself by creating messes. Can you, can you be more specific? Yeah, for example, by not um, washing my, my, my stuff when, when, when it's time to wash it and um, to let things let things like go not 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 stay in connection with my energetic room um and and like waiting too long with that but with that kind of stuff procrastination kind of thing yes yes hesitating okay and it but makes a mess most, it makes a mess yeah but the most thing is really this thing of communication thank you 
I just want to I just want to add something just for Isabel is that um, you 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 might want to broaden like expand your definition of mess because it seems like you have an idea that mess are physical messes like I didn't wash up you know I didn't take up I didn't wash my clothes or I didn't wash up the dishes and actually not saying what you want is a mess it's an emotional mess and an energetic mess and and and, and so you can consider that not saying what you want is exactly like living leaving dishes dirty dishes in the sink it's the exact same thing it occupies your space thank you somebody thank you. else go ahead anna um, anna yes uh, i stress myself i observed the last days while like i i stress myself by constantly being in the mind and feeding these loops, especially uh, planning stuff, like planning the day or the next weeks and and like keeping myself in this loop all uh, all the time, like over and over again. And it, um, it happened like some days ago where I was so exhausted by that. I didn't realize it at all that I was in this illusion or in this uh, cloud of mental chatter all the time. And I was just so exhausted. I laid down and I just thought, okay, fuck, I'm just, I'm just done. And then it dawned on me, it just dawned on me that, like, I don't know what it was, it was pure grace, something let me see how much, how much I, I spend up all my energy by living there. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, very glad you, you already mentioned the next experiment which helped me like it it was so much pain or so much suffering that now I'm sitting in the morning and I'm sitting in the evening doing the practice and trying to observe myself the whole day and it seemed as if I needed to uh, to experience that suffering to to learn okay I really need to do it I really need to do the sitting practice there's no no way around. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thanks. Eva, you had your hand up. Yeah, I noticed this pattern still of the responsible victim that I think, well, if I'm not gonna do stuff, nobody's gonna do it, and then I have to do everything. And instead of just asking for help or support or whatever. And also, and I don't, I haven't really found out what that is, but I have these phases sometimes where simultaneously stuff breaks, like my bicycle breaks and then something else has to be repaired or three or four things and it, it accumulates. And I think there's also some pattern behind that. And what I have noticed so far is that then actually repairing it would take half a minute. But mm -hmm. I make this huge thing out of it of, Oh no, so now I also have to repair that. And why do these things always break? And no one comes and rescues me. You know, no guy comes along and says, baby, can I help you with I'll your bike? I'll fix your bike. <laughs> exactly. So I'm in this drama about no one coming and rescuing me then. And then when I finally get to do it, it's just done in half a minute and so much energy is set free again. Yeah. 
So I think I stress myself by pushing along, like Isabel said, by postponing just getting it done and, and moving on. Thank you. And I just want to go back to this thing that you said about the responsible victim, where you go, this has to get done, that has to get done. This has, nobody else is doing it. And so I'm, I'm going to do, I have to do it. And so, but, but use this, go back to this other experiment about the rules. Like, what is the rule behind the thing that says this has to be done? Hmm. Like Johannes is saying, you know, go back to the rule that is, is what, okay. So, and that can be also very useful because you maybe remember times or experiments that you tried where it's like, I'm not going to sweep the kitchen floor every week. I'm not washing the toilet every week, whatever it is. I'm not calling my mother every week. I'm, I'm not um, ironing the, the clothes. I'm going to not iron the clothes at all. I'm just going to not iron the clothes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's this kinds of what, things that can drive us into this uh, overwhelm of nobody else is doing it, so I have to do it. And it turns out to be neurotic and, and because it's driven by a rule. And we believe in the rule because it was a lifesaver. We had to do it at some point. So go back to this rule experiment and also see if it, it because it's like this thread. It's like a thread holding all these weird constricting knotted up behaviors together that as you pull that thread out, which is the rule behind it, you start pulling that thread out, all this stuff opens up and comes apart. And you go, oh my, oh my God, my life is falling apart. My life is falling apart. Because what we think of as our life is just this busyness, stressed out busyness list, this following all these rules that we've been holding on to. And you pull this thread out, and this rule, that rule, this rule, that, okay, it came from my mother, it came from my grandmother, it came from the television advertisement for the kind of soap in my laundry detergent. You know, it came from how many, this book I read about eating celery, it came, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Where did the rule come from? And you, and you pull, start pulling those out and, and you pack them into your beat book. You know, and make it make that a like a kind of a garbage collector. It's like it's like going to the store and instead of buying stuff, you put stuff on the shelf and then you walk away. So this this you're using their beat book like you walk in, you have all these rules, you put them on the shelf, and then you walk away. And there you can get them back anytime you want. You, you won't forget them because you wrote them down in your beat book, and you and you can have them back anytime you want. But for a while, walk in. You know, give the rule back and, you know, shake your hand, you know, all the energy up and walk away and leave it behind you. Leave it away from you and, and do this for a while. And you'll be pulling this thread out. And if your life starts coming apart into having more time and energy, then you know what to do with. Call us up. We have projects. We have tons of amazing projects to do. So we need we need people who have time and energy to help us work on these projects for the evolution and emergence of archaearchy, next culture. Cool. Thank you, Eva. Somebody else. Christina, what about you? Oh, I'm Chloe. Go ahead. 
I just I just want to say that um, it might be useful as you're uh, looking at how you stress yourself out. I was just holding space for a process for somebody, and it was also the responsible victim. We came up that there's this whole identity about being the responsible victim, and the identity is I'm a burden, so I have to pay back for being the burden. So it's to go back, like to follow back what is the purpose of creating the stress like like for uh isabel or eva this postponing like procrastinating and yes the idea is okay if if i postpone i have stress and i don't have to have intimacy like i avoid intimacy but what is that about what because the procrastinating the creating stress is just a distraction it's like a it's the technology but what's the what's the purpose of it really so to follow follow that back. Thank you. Thank you. Christina, your name came up on the Rolodex. What do you, how do you create stress for yourself? Eva, magst du übersetzen? Ja, danke. Um, mit hohen Ansprüchen an mich selbst. To have high expectations to, to myself. Yeah. Yes. Can you give an example and Beispiel? <laughs> um, Dinge lesen, erfahren und sofort umsetzen. To read stuff and make the experience and to immediately do them. Und dass es sofort funktioniert. Yeah. And it has to work immediately. Mm -hmm. Beim per perfectly. It has to work perfectly. By the first try. Yeah, that's stressful. Where did that come from, by the way? Maybe from my dad and he died last Sunday. Your dad died last Sunday. Wow. Wow. What did he die oh, from? Please. What did he die from? Cancer. Any particular kind of cancer? Many arts. With Different the whole forms. body. Yes. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Thanks. saying that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here in that, in that process. Thank you for being here in this process. Thank you. You know, Christina, just I'll say it again, like I said before, this is a team and the team is bigger than this even. And if you ever feel like just connecting with somebody listening or being listened to or talking or or just call somebody up all right it's a time to be connected it's really a time for connections so like watch this is there anybody who would be willing to to be in a call with christina in the next month or two about this is there anybody who'd be willing to do that so christina look 
Look at their hands, okay? Look at their eyes, look at their hearts. These people were just people, and these are people who are really, really all around the world, actually. So any time of day or night, you can call somebody up, and if they don't answer the phone, go to the next. If they don't answer, go to the next, okay? You see their hands? You see that? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Just to check, how many people here did one or both of your parents die? Anybody? Okay, it's like half, about half the people. So we're not talking about a fantasy world. We've been in that, we're in the same situation as you. And, it, you know, we, it isn't the same, but it is the same. Yes. So, yeah, so just keep connecting in. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I mean, that's another way to create stress is to have secret problems, you know, or secret pain, secret pain, right? And just try to hold it in or hold it back or not be a burden, to not be a burden on other people and try to be okay like that. And this is a stressful thing that causes stress also for us. Tor, you guys, did you put your hand up, Tor? Yeah, um, it's a really hot topic for me um, about secret pain um, because uh, two different therapists and my best friend, who's also kind of a therapist, have asked me in the last few months to look at my um, unmet childhood needs for attention and how I'm manifesting those um, or how that's part of my what the energy that I'm putting out. And so that I really have a high rule or value about not um, overloading or not overwhelming and being responsible. And so I'm feeling this tension between sharing my pain and not abusing it or being immature with it. Thank you for sharing that. Because it's a... We never had classes in this stuff. How do you inter-navigate those things? How do you navigate it in relating with others? There's, there's fabulous information on a website called Adulthood and another one called Ego State. There's a website called Ego State. And it talks about the possibility of having our adult ego state contaminated by, in this case, for example, possibly your child ego state as a survival strategy, as an intelligent, powerful survival strategy that was was intelligent, it worked for the first 18 years of our life. But to not disassemble the survival strategy is very expensive, and we only disassemble our survival strategy in authentic adulthood initiatory processes. And otherwise, this thing sticks on us. And then, then the survival strategy is still like this broken machine trying to to accomplish a task that no longer is necessary. And, and yet we're still implementing that because we did, not, we did not drop it. We did not separate ourselves from the survival strategy. And so having our child ego state show up in our world as if it is true and valid and important, even though 
we're older than 18 years old, this is, this is expensive and stressful. And so that can be, there's, there's procedures in the website. There are people who can accompany you or anybody can accompany us. They're, they're trained, they're training themselves. They're doing fabulous uh, adult ego state decontamination work. Is there anybody here who's a decontaminator? Eva, are you doing that? Somebody doing that here? Not yet. No, okay, all right. Yeah, there's, you can just go to the decontamination website, decontaminations with an S on it. And also the um, Ego State website is fantastic with of going, God, why didn't, why, why wasn't this explained? I get it now. What, I get what's going on. It's really fabulous information. Thank you, Tor, for saying that. Arena, what about you? How do you stress yourself out? Arena? Yes, um, I'm normally high and not asking for help and taking everything just to myself. This is a way that I do it. And also like taking the idea of, um, as, as Eva was talking, like a victim, like a responsible victim, mm -hmm. like everything happened to me or for me. Very effective, stressful agency. Thank you for saying that. Anybody else do that one? I think it's pretty common. Anybody else do that particular way to take it on? And Chloe, are you going to say something right now? I was going to say one of the ways that, God, my gremlin really used to do that a lot and now a little less, but to the way to stress myself is to have endless to-do lists. Just a to do list, and there's always the next thing and the next thing, and 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 then for me it was attached to worrying, or this, I haven't done it, I haven't answered this person, I haven't completed this task, I haven't. What about this? Oh, and and this, um, I guess that's kind of different, but okay. Another way that I was stressing myself it was to think about what I did in the past and like rehash. Was that the best thing? Was that, did I, mm -hmm. you know, could I have said something different? What if I had said this? And so ongoingly rehashing the past. Thank you. Andrea, what about you? I, I have this thing of doing to-do lists and not dealing with them. So I have unending to-do lists and I don't deal with it. So it stays in my mind and it completely occupies all of my space. Thank you. It's a French it's, thing. It's a French thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I have, I have these to-do lists also, but, you know, I actually write them down. Then I, and then I collect them and I have this like really... <laughs> amazing pack of these, you know, to-do lists, <laughs> just, but they're over there, you know, <laughs> I write them down and then I, they still exist. And clearly one time we were packing up to go, we were moving from one place to another and Andrea, and, and Chloe goes, you know, that uses up a lot of space in your carry-on bag. Why don't you just burn them? <laughs> oh man, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Uh, I have a question. 
do you do you do the the things on your to-do list and are you just keep it for like as a memory or do you, you do the stuff no next? i do a lot I mean, you can see them crossed off these things ah, okay. and get okay. crossed off we have a line through okay. which is a fantastic ecstatic thing to draw a line through an item oh fact, yes when Anne Chloe comes up to me and she's looking at my to-do list and goes, you did this one. And she gets her pen out and she goes, Shh. you know, and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I, it's my, I get to cross it off and she goes, oh, but I like to cross it off too because she's so happy when something is off the list. Um, can I, Yaksa, can I, what about, can I yeah. just say something? Well, something that I want to share an exp- uh, a, I guess a healing process or a practice that I had. And it was part of my, the decontamination of my gremlin ego state as part of my adult ego state was this worry. It's like, I couldn't unmesh it from presence and it would, it would occupy me. And one of the practices that I've done in addition to emotional healing processes was to have this deal with my gremlin, to have this conversation with my gremlin saying, you keep the list. You know, he loves having a list. He loves being overwhelmed. He loves like writing down like everything that he has to do. And, and I said, okay, you keep the list. And then when I need something, when I'm in actually a position where I can do something, so I'm, I can call, I can write, I can work on the computer, I can send him. Then I turn to him and say, okay, give me the next item on the list. And he would give me one item mm-hmm. and then I would do it. And until I did it, I would, I would not ask him for the next one. And so that's that's been a deal that I've had with Christopher, who's my girlfriend. Thank you. Yaksa, how do you stress yourself out? I mean, you look like a guy who's completely unstressed. You know? I mean, maybe it's stressful to be somebody who looks so unstressed. I don't know. But how do you how do you do it? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, takes up a lot of energy, maybe. But I, I wrote down something while I was listening. And it seems to me that I stress myself by actually, you know, joining other people's like paths and projects instead of uh, putting the energy and attention into mine. So and then when I join like other people's projects, I blame myself for, uh, you know, not actually following my path and then mm. i and then i somehow secretly sometimes sabotage you know other people's projects so this causes a lot of stress because it's stupid so like you know yeah <laughs> so uh yeah but i but i found a, a nice thing for an ehp because uh, at least uh even like here like uh i managed to uh uh, find one rule for this. So, and it's big. I feel a lot of uh, sadness actually when I think about this rule. So, yeah. You want to go ahead right now and ask for a space holder? Yes. Would anybody want to hold space for uh, emotional healing process? Uh, for, uh, for a process connected with uh, a story I have inside of me? Is that... Uh, Grown-up life is not for doing what I believe in. Especially when a child shows up, because it happened when I learned that I'm going to be a father. Now, 12 uh, years ago, yeah. Uh, so 
Somebody want to hold space for that? Free oxide? I think you freaked everybody out because they all have the same process to do. You can hold space for somebody else, <laughs> even if you have not done that process yourself. I mean, in fact, it really works well to then rope, you know, trade places. The Nyaksa can hold space for you to do that too. So does somebody want into that? Yeah, there we go. Mikhail, cool. Thank you. Mikhail. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Arena, are you on the team or are you saying something else? No, I would like to be in a team. Great. Great team. Thank you. You got it, Yaksa? Thank you. Michael and Arena. Okay. Hello, Ingrid. Hi, Clinton. Hi, everybody. Nice to see, nice to see you. We're, we're talking about, we just were working on experiment number 15 of the 27 experiments for how to create extraordinary relating. Number 15 is about how to, un, you know, it's about unstressing yourself. And the way to unstress yourself begins with looking at the ways that you stress yourself out. And what's the rule behind that? So what, how would, how do you stress yourself out? I have uh, actual uh, I can observe that right now the over the last weeks because I have neurological symptoms since a while and um it's not yet clear what it is I don't know there there is fear I have I feel fear because sometimes my brain is producing uh, stories, fearful stories about the future, what it could be, and then I stress out, and I what I learned since uh, the the fear is much bigger since I'm in the process of diagn- of diagnostic before I just lived with it. it it's it's uh, I have pronunciation difficulties so so in the mouth uh, and also swallowing and more more saliva and I observed that since the the end of July. And during the time I was not in the medical system, I just accepted it as it came. And since, and it's aggravating, but since I'm with a doctor, my brain is producing stories. And so I stress I'm stressed, more stressed. And I observe it. And um, what I noticed to, to, to be less stressed is to put, to, to strengthen my attention, to focus my attention. And I, uh, what I do is especially my attention to myself. So it's about 
to the center and and so that i can feel and and i really try to leave my head so and and then it can happen that i feel sad in this moment and it's a good sadness i'm sad because that is real in the moment and it feels i feel joy when i put that focus i feel also joy because it's real and i can be with that sadness mm-hmm. Whoa, thank you for saying all that. Thank you, Ingrid. Thank you. Thank you. Ingrid, I, maybe this is a personal request, but I would, if you want to, I would want to know what, how it comes out or what happens to you. I was actually thinking about you today that I was missing your presence and yeah, also I'm too late yeah. because I didn't notice the time change uh, mm-hmm. in, since I I did my six week of holding space for fear club and rage club and between the time changes here in Canada and I didn't I forgot yeah I'm you you want to know about what comes out you, you mean yeah what what happens you know what is happening or yeah yeah i would even uh, encourage you and, and maybe we could have a talk about it ingrid we could just have a call but it's there's this great three three phase healing website have you looked at that do you know about three phase healing i i look i looked on the wording healer Website. Yes. Yes. I yes. I did that. I, I keep doing it. It's not yeah. just a one-time thing. Yeah. You know, do it each day or yeah. a couple times a day. Yes, I do that. Great. Thank you. And I, I, Tristan told me, and I was so, I'm so grateful. Uh, it's really this come, uh, this come. Yeah, this is calming me, mm-hmm. centering me, helping me to stay focused. Yeah. Yeah, I found it to be just like that also. It's helped me a lot and other people, so I hope you, yeah. So we can talk if you want, if you need. I think you're doing it. I get. I forget you're doing it. Such a great, incredible resource. So incredible. Most, I, I think that resource uh, has been used by human beings until about 150 or 200 years ago, and then science started to take over. You know, that, those kind of things. And so, oftentimes, when I check with them, they say, "What happened to your planet? You know, what happened to you guys?" We used to be working with you a lot, and then it just went down, you know. And so we're we're open for business. So 
uh, anybody who wants to can show up and they, they respond so quickly, so quickly. It's amazing. So and I, only one time did I have to wait for an appointment. So it's really cool. Somebody else was going to say something, Ava? Okay. All right. Ah, oh, Ingrid, thank you for telling us that stuff. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's, I feel joy to be here. All right. Could everybody please take a deep breath? I want to hear from one more person. Victor, could you just tell us how you stress yourself out? It changed in this last hour, but my most stressing point is to come into connection with other peoples. Then I think about why will I came to the other people. I will help the other people, but the really thing is I want help for me. Mm. Um, and this is so, yeah, for 30 minutes, so, so clear. And, and to look when I want to come with whatever uh, a person, I f- find the person great. Uh, I think I'm small. And, and now the thoughts came to me. Don't think who is this and this and this and this, how I am. I'm I'm so so small for me and um, yeah for for thirty minutes it came to me to look to me how I am and there are so many to find that I have not found till today. <laughs> Thank you. You know that that first experiment we were talking about about spending three minutes moving through your world, speaking and relating as a complete victim and a contracted, powerless burden like that. And then three minutes really as a king in your case or a noble person or a, you know, a superhero, actually. You know, move through the world as an unstressed superhero. And then feel that just go back and forth each day, do it three minutes one way, three minutes another, and you start getting this access to more dimensions like in yourself. So that would be, and then then start looking for the rules, like we said, what's behind it, what's behind that. And so, so to wrap up this experiment 15, I would I would encourage right now just to kind of close your eyes just going to take a breath close your eyes and find who you would be if you were completely unstressed take a deep breath just close your eyes and and who would you be if, if that stuff just falls off of you like water off the back of a duck you know, just falls away. All this stress, that stress, the other stress, all that stuff. Like, who could you actually be? What would your What would your day be like? What What are the qualities that you would be able to encounter the world, or discover in the world? Or like, 
who would you be in the world with that? So just take, I'm going to shut up for about 30 seconds or something. Just let that come to you, okay? Who are you as a completely unstressed, free and natural adult human being? The whole pressure, the wholeness that it all falls away. Just keep your eyes closed. Just stay in there. Keep breathing. You don't have to use up your energy fighting off stuff. It falls off. Could you allow this to yourself? Could you allow that for yourself? How long could you allow that for yourself? How many minutes? How many hours in a day? How many hours could you let yourself have that? How many days? How many weeks? How many months could you let yourself have that? Take a picture inside. Don't open your eyes yet. Just take a photograph inside of yourself. Take a photograph of that condition of being radically unstressed. Not about being stupid or silly or childish or in a fantasy world. It's not that. Let's take this photograph. Okay. This is possible for me. And you capture a moment of that as a map, you can find your way back to this map anytime you want. Just find your way back to the, the condition of being completely unstressed, a free and natural, unstressed adult, relating, creating. And that picture is yours, that photograph, that, the space capture moment is yours as a reference point forever. You can always go back to that. Take one breath and you're back there. You just go, and you're back to this, this space right now. You can do this, it's yours. Whenever you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes. You do not have to leave that space. You just slowly open your eyes. And if anybody would like to share anything about this little experiment that we just did together here. Anybody like to share anything? I could share um, 
I uh, noticed that the stress was all sort of in the back half of my body. I could feel sensation um, in the back half of my body. Like it was all from behind me, not from the front of me. And um, I came up with a bunch of associations and stuff like that and, and just practiced, but I was just practicing letting it fall through the back of me, back of my back, the back of my legs, and into the ground. Thank you. I'll somehow figure out how to share the, a photograph of the cover of the German version of the Conscious Feelings book. It shows this diagram, this drawing of this, of this kind of a man walking out of the shadow. And it, it was exactly kind of like what you said, just leaving it behind. It's all, all back there. Um, I'd like to show that so you can just look at it. Thank you. When I about, when, uh, yeah, go ahead, Eva, go ahead. I mean, uh, uh, Judith. The, uh, when I walked into the space, it was like this feeling of unlimited energy and poor love. Yeah. Energy and what? Poor love. Love. Liebe. Yeah. 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 So poor love is like archetypal love. It's yeah. Thank you. Isabel, say that. Say that. What's going on? I sensed how much fear I have to communicate what I need and how I'm, how I'm, yeah, how, how dangerous it was for me. And I, I, it was, I feel sad because I'm doing that. Because I'm, I feel sad that I'm not talking and not saying, and still have this fear blocking myself. Just mm. what I want. Would you and, like to use? Would you like to use that as a doorway for an emotional healing process? Yes. You want to ask for it now? Yes. Who wants to hold space for me for an emotional healing process about my fear of not communicating? Yaksa and Ingrid. Thank you. Thank you. Isabel, did you want to say something more? Because I kind of interrupted. Yeah, I saw myself as a being that is really communicating because I'm sensing a lot. And yeah, finding ways that that my communication is not ending up in a discussion. I don't want to, to have low drama and at the same time. <laughs> Gremlins have so sneaky ways too. 
to find excuses or to to even make distinctions and spaces and I or trick trick people and I sense something and I I sense it and I and I have difficulties to communicate because yeah I'm training that this is my practice Thank you. Thank you. Isabel, I have this possibility for you, in addition to obviously the emotional healing process, is you, you could memorize a couple of sentences when you, you know, you're doing this, pra- this conscious practice of expressing your needs, you're communicating your needs. And if there's any kind of gremlin or discussion or, you know, attack back, you memorize a couple of sentences such as, would you please just repeat back what you heard me say? <clears throat> yeah. Or, or, um, whatever. I, so it's like, I don't need, um, I just want to communicate my needs. I, you know, I don't want to have a discussion. Like I'm doing this experiment of communicating my needs. This is the experiment. You know, it ends there. So, so you just have, you know, and you memorize them because your box, you know, will freak out if there's some kind of reaction. But if you have memorized them, it will be easier for you to uh, say them in moments of um, stress. Thank you. Isabella, also sending these three websites. One was the completion loop, which is the one that and Chloe just mentioned about asking people to just simply make a completion loop with you. It's so powerful and simple. And the other two websites are about memetics. And I've been around you enough to know that you have this inner clarity about things, but we never practice it much in terms of understanding the mimetic structures that shape our lives and our communications. And so it's really useful to study mimetics a little bit. And there's some great distinctions on there and the mimetics website. And then there's a a process in the mimetic engineering website with examples of how this goes and even a video, I think, but it's, um, once you understand how powerful memes are in our mind and how powerful memes are in our interactions, it, it's a joy, it's such a joy to, to start uh, fabricating your communications and interactions using clarity about the memes that you're using. And then you can hear the memes that other people are using back with you and you can hear their confusion or their their hidden hidden purpose strategy, or you, you can hear the different memes that are up, and it just clarifies so much. So uh, take your time with that one, with the memetics website, because it's big, it's big stuff, and you can just start gradually getting how to do memetic communication, and it will just clean up your world. It's just this fantastic way to... Uh, relate to human interactions 
because people think we're just talking or sharing or being with each other, but really we're doing mimetics. And it's so fabulous to get a hold of that. I'm sure, I think you, I just wanted to share that with other people. It's just a really exciting thing for me. And also for Anne Chloe, we're both kind of uh, mimetic engineers and it's, uh, it's really fun. So I wanted to share that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you too. Yaksa, you're cooking something. What what do you what is what did you want to share? Uh no, I was I was taking notes actually. Uh so before, just before. When we first said we did this, you know, we entered this space of of an experience, a personal experience of being somebody who's unstressed. And then, and you came back from that with something maybe to share. Wow. <laughs> I, I I really don't know what to say. Um, I, uh, the, it's, it's, uh, and this, uh, the situation of me not knowing what to say is a uh, is a very stressful actually situation. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait! In this particular space of the study group, yeah, you don't you don't have to know what you're talking about before you speak. So that that doesn't apply here. Okay, so you can let well, that one just go ahead. Yeah. Okay, but what what I feel is that. Uh, just like yesterday, I got a new wait, distinction. Wait, 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 wait. What you said, what I feel, the next word would be mad, sad, glad, or scared. So don't confuse yourself about that. Okay, so instead you can just say what I think is, because yesterday, you said yesterday, and that's not mad, sad, glad, or scared. So what I think is, just say that. I think that yesterday I got a, I got a new... Um, distinction from a friend is that uh, I can keep my energetical center whether I know something or I don't. So uh, actually... You look, at, you look at the feedback you're getting right now? This yeah. is a very cool thing. This is a very powerful... It's a healing from school distinction. Mm. Really, yeah. it's a healing from school because in school, if you don't know you're not you're nothing so what you're saying is you can keep your center your presence your connection even if you don't know this is huge thank you thank you could you yeah keep going and uh and i felt fear in the first moment that you uh you know uh, asked me to uh, to say something and uh but later on, when I remembered this new distinction, there was also joy. You know, it was just, uh, I, can, I can just uh, be and, uh, and actually say um, uh, how I feel in this moment. And, uh, and just by saying this, I feel the stress going away. And it's, uh, and it's something new. It's, uh, it's a very interesting territory. Hmm. Hmm. I hope you can, without being stressed out about it, I hope you can stay there for a while. <laughs> maybe like 10 or 15 years, maybe. 
<laughs> just really hang out there for a while. <laughs> Explore the territory. I think it's vast. Vast territory. Yeah, there's a lot of treasure in there. Treasures. You said, you said pleasure or treasure? I said treasures. But uh, are, you, are you thinking of something in particular? Any particular treasure that you're noticing right now? Yeah, because uh, mm, I feel it's this uh, vast territory uh, that I don't know. And, uh, and I feel joy uh, that I can go into any direction in this new territory. And uh, yeah, and explore. Uh, leaving all that I know behind. Uh, there's less fear, you know, it's like uh, I just have my starting point behind me and I see uh, this vast piece of uh, territory. So in the next few days when somebody goes, Yaksa, what happened to you? Or if you look at yourself in the mirror and you do not recognize yourself while you're brushing your teeth and you look in the mirror and you go, Who's that guy? You know, you can just go, oh, yeah, I was in this study group. Just tell people. <laughs> it's in this study group where we're studying amazing stuff. And so you become a different person. Mm. Because the thing, like, it's so great when we have these experiences. They cannot go away. Once you have an experience, it, it cannot be taken away from you. People cannot even argue about it. I remember I was in this one rage training and Chloe and I were holding space in Robinsburg for a one-day rage workshop. And this woman just got in touch with her rage about one of her teachers or something. And we, she went into a standing rage hold and we were holding her and she was just losing it. She was completely blowing this teacher out of the water. And afterwards, one of the other participants in the in the training space said, you know, maybe the, maybe the teacher wasn't really all that wrong or something. And maybe that was, and, and I was worried that this woman would, would try to reconsider, you know, maybe she was wrong or something. And she just looked at the guy and said, there's nothing you can say that would take this away from me because I had the experience. And it was so powerful for her to stand in this rage that she, you know, she finally got it and just, and then this asshole guy even tries to put the poor little woman back in her place into patriarchy and she goes, fuck you, asshole. You know, she basically said, nobody can touch me with this experience I just had because I had the experience. So this is a, it's so wonderful about having, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just saw a heart appear on the screen for a particular reason. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm losing it. Uh, yeah, so it's this experience that if once you can really own your experience and it, it and and you don't have to package it in any way because you're not the same person anymore. After you've had the experience, you're a different person and you can give yourself space to occupy the new space of your new experience. So thank you, Yaksa, for hanging in here with us about that. Thank you.
Okay. Anybody else? Hey. Anything? Yes, Ingrid. I want to share something. Through my experience of my symptoms, I got a new distinction that brain, head, thinking is really something different from consciousness. Sometimes I'm, I, I have something, I'm blurred also. And at the same time, I can, I experience the clarity of my consciousness to have a foggy brain. And I'm so, I'm so clear. Before it was for me like one, uh, only one thing. Now I know these are two different things. Wow. And, and it changed for me something about my father who had Alzheimer. And to, to, to see that I don't know what his consciousness was about. I only could see his brain function. And I, I, it, it changed for me to have trust that he experienced something beautiful, something worth living. Ingrid, this stuff is so breakthrough kind of stuff. Could you please do you can you write do you write stuff about this? Like this would be such an incredible sharing. If you could just keep inhabiting the consciousness space more as your home. And yeah. the mind the mind space will do whatever it does. Yeah. The mind, but if you could if you could write about that and even real time, you know, it's like, for example, right now, my mind is doing this and what I'm, what I'm conscious, how consciousness is going is like this. And if you could, if you do that for some pages and over some days or weeks, I got it. And please share it with me also. All right. I will do that. I, I felt already the impulse to do that. Yes. Yeah, it's such a fabulous distinction and so difficult to tra uh, trans let me say transfer. So difficult to invite somebody into that distinction is so difficult because we're just hammered on to to think that consciousness is our thinking. Yeah. And it's so yeah, but that's such a fine and fabulous, powerful place. So thank you so much for saying that and for doing the research. For noticing and please please write about it okay and I don't care if it's not finished I don't care if it doesn't have a beginning a middle and an end I don't care just uh, send it to me and I'll share it with as many people as I can because it's just a great invitation thank you thank you wow we are celebrating stuff here together Uh, the next line in the script is not from me. It's from somebody else. So I'm Chloe. Go ahead. Somehow I'm trying to find maybe a word to make the distinction 
because I'm afraid that this idea of unstressing ourselves leads um, us into this fantasy world of adult adulthood does not have stress, mm. and and it does because there's there's this. I mean, the stress comes, you know, partly, f- and I don't know if it's stress, but they're they're you know feeling. Mad, sad, glad, or scared is creates a form of a sensation of something different than like the, um, and so I don't know if it's called unconscious stress or conscious, you know, the distinction would be unconscious stress and conscious stress. And the unconsciousness is this, this purpose of avoiding intimacy or, uh, being overwhelmed. That would be the unconscious stress. And it, but then I would think that if some someone has their adult ego state contaminated with child ego state or gremlin ego state, even the adult stress would be stressful for the child or the parent or the gremlin. And so, I mean, especially the child, that this experience of holding space or speaking or writing or uh, creating or making offers or negotiating intimacy, the child is like, no, I, you know. I just want to crawl up in bed and, and, and be a fetus and not have to engage at that. Like taking responsibility is stressful for the child, I guess, in an unconscious way. So I was, can I was yeah. Can we remember this for the fear craft book? Yes. This stuff. Okay. What were and you going to say next? And I was just going to say, I, I'll, I'll try to write it up a little more clearly and I'll probably <clears> do a, a star about it. But if you have any hints or any research Please send them to me so I can put it in a star. Yeah, it's important to not equate stress with something that's bad or wrong or stupid. And the distinction between conscious stress and unconscious stress, or as you said, and Chloe, adult stress, is is huge because transformation or the path includes stress building matrix occurs through certain kinds of valuable stresses. And it's a kind of stress that, that builds matrix also weaves more consciousness. It weaves. So, so different kind like conscious practice builds matrix and conscious practice is stressful. And so I think Isabel, you were talking about sitting meditation as a practice. Well, to make the time for that and to be disciplined with that or to be regular with that is stressful, but it's a kind of stress that builds matrix. And when the thing about building matrix is, is it pretty much never goes away. So if you build matrix, it changes the, it builds onto the shape of your being and it build, it grows your being, which changes the way the universe relates to you. So so then what happens is you respond in a different way than you would before because of your new shape of matrix. So it's it's called evolution by reflex, meaning the universe cannot help but respond to you in the new shape of your being. But the way that you got the new shape of your being was through certain kinds like... engaging in certain specific forms of stress that build your matrix. 
So I'll just give you some examples that I've learned over the years that's, that are classic. You can So for example, there are, there are shrines on, on the world. People make shrines or temples. And there's a way that you can relate to a shrine or even a tomb of a saint. You can relate to the shrine in a way that it feeds you. That you go to the shrine and you let it feed you. And one of the ways you can do that is by walking purposefully clockwise, looking down clockwise around, completely around the shrine, for example. As a practice, you come to a shrine, you walk around the shrine clockwise. I mean, you've seen this happen at the Buddhist stupas, for example, in Nepal, where they have these ghee lamps and they have these prayer wheels. And the way you walk around the shrine in a Buddhist temple with prayer wheels and you, you, know, you rub your hand on, the, on each prayer wheel as you walk clockwise around, and it's a practice in, in this way, the shrine itself pro provides a certain kind of stress on you that builds matrix. So that's a way to, to expose yourself to and make use of temples, shrines, and, and tombs of saints, for example. And there, there's mm, uh, enduring the unpleasant manifestations of others, for example, is a a way to um, experience stress in a way that nurtures you. Such a word... One question in between, because why does it make stress walking to the shrine? I, I didn't got this point. I yes, didn't... so what is a shrine? It's an, it's an artifact. For example, a shrine is an artifact. It has sacred objects in it. Whatever. It's full of And it moves energy, it collects energy, stores energy, and radiates energy that's not ordinary kinds of energy. So to expose yourself to that kind of energy is stressful because it, it affects you. It has an effect upon you. And so most people avoid shrines. You know, zombies avoid shrines. Why? Because well, it would wake them up. You know, it would bring them to, in touch with their pain. It would bring in touch with their obligations or their their, their commitment, what, what the, the space through which their bright principles can do their work in the world. It would remind them of that. So it's a kind of purification stuff happens at shrines. It burns off bullshit. It burns off burdens. It burns off, you know, these, these shrines do that. You walk clockwise around and it has an effect on you, which is stressful. Every single one of those things might be quote unquote wonderful or have a positive effect, but the process of it is a liquid state. The getting the new shape is always a liquid state between one shape and another shape is a liquid state. And a liquid state is stressful. So a liquid state does not guarantee evolution, but without a liquid state, you don't get evolution. So it depends on the field that you're in when you have a liquid state or the intention that you're in, uh, that, that determines if the liquid state will profit you and it will, it will produce positive change or will build matrix for you. Does that help? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Eva. Yeah, it brings up more questions for me. <laughs> that, 
I, I mean, one thing I love about possibility management that it's not about belief. And so if some kind of religion goes ahead and, and you know, takes the bones of some kind of person they, they hold as holy and then makes the shrine, I don't get how without believing in that kind of religion makes it, makes this place radiating special energy. And I still get that I could just try it. I mean, I did try it in, in, in Nepal walking around these stupas and something happened there. But yeah, I don't get it about the belief thing. Something happened, but I don't believe it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you don't believe it because it happened. <laughs> Nothing you can do. It happened. I mean, it's tough. It's difficult in Germany, for example, because your temples are churches, and churches are these dark places for yeah. the most part. You know, and so you're not going to get it by walking around most churches. There are a few churches where they're known to be, they're, they're capable of being a a sacred place, but most churches are not. So it sucks in Germany or Europe, most parts. There's all this Catholic shit, you know, witch burnings and this hierarchical, patriarchal uh, torture chambers, et cetera, et cetera. Like really horrible shit. So, um, but if you get out of, it doesn't have to be uh, a man-made thing or a woman-made thing. It doesn't have to be that. There are, for example, uh, gateways for journeys into the earth are have this kind of energy around. I mean, so it, I'm getting into really weird subjects here, but, but what we're talking about is exposing yourself. Your question was, how do you know without belief? How do you, how does that work? Well, it works like a magnet. Like, you know, a magnet looks like a piece of metal or whatever, and, and until until you bring another piece of metal towards it, it goes, you know, it goes, what was that? What, well, there's a magnetic field. So what, what, you have to believe in magnets for them to work? No, actually. You know, there's going to be an invisible magnetic field, whether you believe it or not. And so we have these energetic bodies, and we have not been trained to use our energetic body to be sensitive to most things. And yet... So often, like, for example, I was just on this interview with uh, Margaret Sapp about the uh, a December to remember. And if you look at this, my first one, I did two of them. The first one, she goes, she, I, ta I start talking about cavitating space, you know, cavitating new space. I start talking about this. She goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, energetic space, like, what, people don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I say, well... You know, we have these five bodies and one, your energetic body is really sensitive to stuff. She goes, what? we don't even know what an energetic body is. And so right there on the screen, she had a candle burning on the table. I said, take that candle and move it 20 centimeters closer to you. So she does it. She moves the candle 20 centimeters close to her, which is really close to her left arm. I go, is that where the candle is supposed to be? Do you feel comfortable with having that candle there? She goes, no, it's not comfortable. I go, put the candle where it's supposed to be. So she slides it back freely to where it was before. I go, and I go, that's the edge of your energetic body. You just put the candle in its own space and it's outside of your space and that's your energetic body. And she goes, oh, 
And it was like, I get it now. She didn't have that. She didn't know that 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 was what that was why the candle was where it was because it was her energetic body knew exactly where it was supposed to be. And so this this sensations from our energetic body are happening every day, and we can just become more and more aware of them in practical ways. And this would be very important for relating with a partner is all this energetic body stuff. And so you do not have to believe anything about your energetic body to have sensations from your energetic body. You get that? So it's in the same way like Ingrid's talking about the difference between consciousness and the mind thinking. Those are totally different things. And so you don't have to have this a belief in the energetic body to have the experience of the energetic body. They're totally different things. And you, and it's such a powerful thing to start detecting energetic body sensations in all day long and about many different things. And so uh, one of the fun ways to do this is to walk through a mall. It's an experience, experiment. It's to, it's to walk through a shopping zone or a mall and pause in front of each kind of shop and sense the space, the purpose, the qualities, the enticements, like the, the what's, what's supposed to attract you. You know, each shop owner is trying to sell stuff. That's all. They're just trying to sell stuff. But they create a certain qualities of space it would entice you or attract you or feed you even or or cause you to want to go in that space. And so, and you will walk down the street and you know there's two or three shops on the street that you will want to go in and, and two or three shops on the street that you would never go in. And so the experiment is to sense, you know, stop in front of each shop, notice the quality, start writing down um, the, the qualities of the space and then go into say three different shops you would never go into before. I remember when I was, one of the times I was doing this experiment, I was outside the, uh, the Garde Est in Paris and I had a half hour, 45 minutes waiting for the train, the next train. And I walked down the street and there was this porno shop. And it was like, I would never go in a porno shop. And so I walk into the porno shop. I'm sweating. It's like, what if somebody sees me walk into the porno shop? You know, what what are they going to think about who I am or what I'm doing in the porno shop? And I go around, and I'm picking up objects in the porno shop. The guy goes, can I help you? And I go, I hope so. Um, I'm trying to be in this space and be okay with it. And it's freaking me out. He goes, ah, don't worry about it. It's like that for everybody. No, I mean, it was this amazing conversation about, about being in the spaces that I would never go into. And the, there's this cool thing which is when you walk into space, go through the door, you pause for a second, and you can turn around and look up above the door. Inside, energetically, in space, you look up, you walk in the door, turn around, look up, and there you will see the presiding deity of the space. And in a way, it's like the bright principles or shadow principles that are functional in the space, and they all have these qualities, these this dignity or elegance or undignity and unelegance or different kinds of beauty or different kinds of uh, what kind of fantasy worlds and that and you can you can uh, you can pay obeisance you can acknowledge the presence of 
the presiding deity of a space. And all of a sudden, the space serves you instead of you being a victim of the space trying to eat you. You can actually participate in the in this space. God, you guys are all falling asleep and freaking out. Okay, we'll change the subject. <laughs> I just got a picture while you were describing this entering the door, turning around and looking up at what's written inside the bow of the door. And to me, it came up, what kind of rule did I break just yet? So in other words, what has kept me from entering this kind of door all these years? Thank you. We're about ready to wrap up this exotic journey that we've taken today. Does anybody else would like to say anything? It's kind of a wrap up of experiment 15, how to, how to create extraordinary relating about unstressing yourself. Arena, you could say something. You just say it. Just turn your microphone on and just say it. Well, I love it. I I enjoy when you are like talking about uh, your stories and your examples and experimentations. I enjoy so much this call, and I'm also really into uh, breaking my rules because I have like so many rules that I didn't know where they come from I think that I start like breaking so many of them in my life but then I have to continue so thank you so much I, it was a beautiful call and I put in my microphone on mute because there is so many noise around Nobody, well not at this moment but thank you thank you you just if you if it turns out that you you end up breaking a rule or finding out where it came from and not needing to have that rule anymore. You can have a little requiem or a little burial ceremony. You can make a little, you know, cross or a gravestone or something, RIP, you know, rest in peace. And, you know, the rule of I must always or I will <laughs> never. And you have, have a little funeral and put it out in the forest or in the garden behind. And you start getting this whole The cemetery full of dead rules, you know. <clears throat> you have to, yeah. to show people, and they can bring their rules, This you know, is... and make little cemeteries. <laughs> My cemetery of rules, I love yeah. it. <laughs> you can have a tour, guided tour of the cemetery of rules. All right. Thank you all for being here. Thank you very much. I just want to announce that next week there's no oh, study yeah. group. Yes, thank you. Next yeah, week, again the week after, yes. yes. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because Christmas Eve and the last day of the year, so it's on, on our study group day. So we'll be having study group on both of those days. What a way to bring in the new year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Great to see you all. Bye. 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 Bye.